podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alpstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football and a preseason game one recap show. Uh, we're going to give our impressions about the game and the players that played in it. Welcome in. Yeah, um, even interesting game. Um, you know, it's hard to... It was. I was so excited for football, and then I got there and remembered it was preseason football, and uh, it looked a lot like preseason football. And so coming away, it's a lot less um, exciting than it was going in. But at the same time, there was a lot to like, um, some questions that were answered, some other questions that needed answered. Um, but overall, you know, it, not bad. It, at least it's not just us that gets caught up in like the hype of, of getting back into football. Devin Bush was... Um, was quoted at the end of the game saying that, uh, you know, I think Seattle's uh, going to make the, you know, going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, we've got a lot of great, you know, <laughs> so he's getting caught up into it too. So um, it's it's fun to be able to watch the games again, but you do need to remember, you know, that uh, most of these, like there were four or five starters on each team that, that played a handful of snaps. And by the halftime, both teams starters were out of the game. And, um, so you're, you're talking second, third, fourth stringers. Um, the vast majority of which are going to be practice squad players or off the roster. Um, if, if the season were to start tomorrow and, uh, that's, you know, but, but you still look at the play of, of standout players, players that pop players that show athleticism and, and so forth, because that does translate um, in, into the regular season, these guys got to start somewhere. You only can play the players, you know, and, and the team that's in front of you at the time. And of course, you and I have seen countless, uh, you know, every single preseason for for me that that has uh, ever existed for the team. And it is what it is. Um, it's fun to watch, um, but it, but it is tempered a little bit. It and it's hard because you're ready to go. You want the team to be successful. All these guys are exciting, making plays, um, you know, and and we'll just see how it goes. I'll give you an example, like Levi Bell at, at linebacker had a uh, three quarterback hits and a sack uh, in this game and probably won't make the roster, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just one of those things you just have to be careful. Even a guy like Jake Bobo, who had a great game, stood out as the offensive player of the game, I thought, uh, yeah. as a, you know, along with Drew Locke. And here's a guy that's just fringy, like fringy. Now, if D. Eskridge was healthy and, and not suspended, you know, Jake Bobo might not even make the roster. So it's just one of those things. So I wanted to start up off the top by talking about Kay Johnson, uh, left the game on a, uh, on a cart, basically, uh, went to the hospital after the game, had a concussion, um, and kind of walked off the field a little dazed, uh, went into the tent, spent spent the majority of a quarter in the tent, and then uh, the uh, staff, field staff there, decided to put him on a stretcher, stabilize his neck and head, and he just went there for precautionary reasons, according to Pete Carroll, 
that's really all it really amounted to was a concussion while being serious on its own. There were no other major structural issues or anything like that. So that was um, good news considering the circumstances there. And then I wanted to also say Deskridge was hurt on the very first play of uh, of the game in um, kick return coverage, uh, twisted his knee. Don't know the severity of that. Uh, very unfortunate for that player, obviously. Um, and uh, you know, Twitter's kind of going crazy on him. I feel a little bad for the for the guy, but it is what it is. And then I'll mention too, Cody Thompson uh, was held out of the game. He had some groin discomfort yesterday before the game, so he didn't play. Yeah. Um, that was the extent of the injuries as far as anything. The DS Gridge, like the, the, the people, you know, Twitter going crazy on DS Gridge is going to get a shrug from me because doesn't that been the issue with him is that the moment he steps on a field, he gets hurt. Um, and the fact that it was on the first play just, kind of man that's just right on him uh being being that they're all kind of unrelated injuries you know spans of time in between them etc uh it's frustrating because he just may not have the body type to hold up you know in the nfl um yeah yeah it's it's just one of those deals that you just kind of have to work through it is what it is we'll see if he's available after week six i, I doubt that he plays anymore depending on the severity of his injury Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, he could end up being off the roster, you know, but by the time that, uh, week six or, or seven rolls around, who knows? All right. Let's talk about players, Keith, because this was a fun game to watch. It really was yeah. the first, the- you know, first couple series didn't turn out so well for the, the Seahawks. I thought the defense kind of played well. Um, Minnesota had some things going a little bit and ended up scoring, got up by 10 points on Seattle, but Seattle eventually came back. None of that really matters. What we're nope. talking about is individual performances really in these games anyway. Yeah, because, I mean, most of the starters um, didn't play at all. They weren't even in the game. Um, and so this is there's a lot of backups, a lot of third stringers on both sides. Um, in the first half, it's mostly backups and a couple of starters. But by the second half, all the backups are gone too, um, for the most part. And so, uh, yeah, these are guys that are fighting for a job. And so it really is about individual performances, um, not about, um, you know, how the team did or anything like that. At the same time, guys that are, especially on defense, guys that are trying too hard to get stats and show ups to try and make the roster end up out of position and they end up getting gashed in the run game. So, and that shows up back to other players as well. Well, yeah. And it also shows up on the film. It's not just stats. You go look at the film and you see a guy jump into the wrong gap because he was trying to make a play and the cutback gave up a big run. Well, then um, that's, you know, a negative for him. Right. So um, there's a lot to look at, a lot to watch. Um, We haven't really had time to digest uh, the coach's tape um, in depth. But at the same time, like there's some things that we can talk about, some, some definite positives, I think, that came out of this game. I agree, and I kind of like the the defensive play, but I wanted to start on the offense um, just a little bit because I thought Drew Locke looked pretty decent. Now it was a little hit and miss, um, I thought in the in the first half. Um, I don't really hold that interception that he had against him. I think that was in the third quarter. 
Um, if you look at it really closely, I think his arm got brushed or the ball got hit uh, at the line of scrimmage there. Now, maybe he could have worked a little harder to avoid that. I, I, I don't know exactly what his vision was at that point, but I'm not going to put that hundred percent on him. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, credit to him on the next very next drive, he came back, um, mm-hmm. to Jake Bobo with that corner route, um, you know, short of the end zone and, and Bobo found a way to get in. Um, so I thought that was great too, that he, he came back, that the team left him in there, I think with that opportunity and, and he did that. So that's a credit to him. What did you think of overall? I think if he hadn't thrown that interception, he was done after that drive, but because it was an interception, the team brought him back out, um, and gave him one more possession just to have it. So, you know, mentally like that wasn't his last. Um, he didn't get pulled because, you know, or feel like right. that. So, exactly. um, right. and it, it turned out really good for him. Um, I thought Locke did pretty well. Um, the running game really struggled in the first half. Um, and the pass blocking was not there for a lot of it. He was constantly getting harassed. Um, there's a lot of pressure and he still managed to take what the defense gave him, um, complete a high percentage of his passes um, not turn the ball over until the, you know, the second half drive. Um, but I thought he did okay. I mean, I, he didn't come out and, and wow anyone, but he did okay for a backup yeah. quarterback. He looked great. Um, as there was someone that, who, that one touchdown throw to Aesop, um, Winston that I thought mm-hmm. was, was really nice. I mean, he really lasered it in there. A couple of defenders right there and, and he threw it right in the perfect spot. Um, for that completion. And, so I thought uh, the Jake Bobo touchdown was more impressive because of um, the touch and the small window that he had um, to fit the ball in and drop it down um, to him uh, to not give the defender an opportunity to make a play on the ball. It was just a really nice touch pass. Uh, yeah, I, kind of, I, yeah, I agree with you, but I disagree as well because I think the, <laughs> the, the first throw where uh, in, in the first half, there uh, to put Seattle on the board, um, to me showed a certain confidence that um, only a player that has been in the in the league for a little while um, can can come in and do. And I thought that that he stepped up forcefully in the pocket. He lasered that thing in there, showed his arm strength, confidence to get that ball into a small tight window. You mentioned the the window with with Bobo. Both were. Uh, great throws, completely opposite end of the spectrum throws for a quarterback. One is mm-hmm. a touch throw you know, where you've just got to get it right over the shoulder uh, with Bobo and then with Winston, um, Aesop Winston, it was a laser right right in there for the touchdown in the end zone. So I thought overall he, he looked pretty good. You mentioned the running game, Keith. I think without the Holton Allers uh, scramble uh, in the fourth quarter, to kind of pad those running stats a little bit. Seattle was going to average about 3.1 yards per carry, uh, kind of anemic a little bit. Um, but you add that in, we finished at 4.1 yards per carry, a little over 100 yards on 26 some odd rushes, I believe. Um, I thought that the standout in the running game was uh, Bryant Kobach, the, um, the original undrafted rookie free agent that spent time in Minnesota's uh, training camp and practice squad last year uh, looked really solid. Had 41 receiving yards as well, 75 mm-hmm. yards from scrimmage on nine touches. Uh, led the team. Um, 
he helped himself, certainly. No, that, those came in the second half. I want to make that perfectly clear when the, uh, you know, Minnesota had the second, third string guys out there as well. But nonetheless, I, th- I thought our, our offensive line kind of came together a little bit better in the second half. Um, yeah, I and, think the, the talent, uh, the talent on, on the other side of the line of scrimmage dropped um, in the second half, which is what happens. Um, but and then it was also it was different guys out there for Seattle. Um, you know, there were guys that played in, in the first half that didn't play in the second. On the yeah, yeah, Greg Island out there, there, Anthony Bradford. You know, Joey Hunt was out there, Jalen McKenzie, um, yep. guys like that. Uh, I did think that like the offensive line struggled in the first half. Um, and it was, it's a testament to Drew Locke that he was only sacked once because there was a lot of pressure on him. Um, but that meant he was making reads pre-snap and getting the ball out of his hand. Um, and that is what you got to do. I mean, your blocking is not going to be great all the time. It's not going to be great most of the time. Um, and so you got to be able to know what's going on, be aware of what's around you and get the ball out of your hand. Um, which was, you know, one of those things that we always struggled with um, when Wilson was here is because he didn't want to do that. He wanted to make people miss and extend plays and go for the big play. And it worked incredibly well because of his athleticism. But for the, but he also gave up a lot of bad sacks. Um, the fact that Locke only gave up one um, is, I don't know, to me, that's a great sign. So give me a couple of names that, that stood out to you either in a good way or a bad way that you want to talk about? Um, let's see. Um, uh, Smith to Jigma stood out in the first part of the game. You could tell he was the uh, most talented, you know, receiver out there, um, even with the other guys. Bit, but, you know, the opposing team kind of tried to lock him down and it didn't matter, and... And he was kind of having his way out there, just always open. Um, even on plays that he didn't get the ball, he was still open. And you got to love that. Um, and that's what they drafted him for. And uh, to me, it stood out. I mean, his in, his stats ended up being, um, you they know. Don't play break. She had three. He catches, didn't. He, three, yeah. three catches for 25 yards. Um, that's not all that impressive. But he was out of the game by the end of the first quarter. So. Um, but overall, I, I was I was pretty impressed with um, what I saw from him. Um, and um, the other one would have been um, Oluwatimi, the second string center. He came in and yes, he was playing against weaker opponents because it was second half and all of that. Um, but he looked very much in control of what he was doing and his job and um, didn't give up the pressure up the middle that they had had in the first half. And um, I thought overall he did a, an outstanding job there in the middle. Yeah, no, I agree. It's hard to measure, measure that the play of those guys, especially in preseason, but I thought he looked confident, looked good. Uh, according to um, uh, Corbin Smith, uh, he feels like he did enough to really kind of revisit the, um, the, the starting role uh between Evan Brown and Oliver Timmy Timmy um I, th- I think it might be pronounced Timmy at the end uh, I've heard that a, a few t- times um from from different people um yeah and so that's that's pretty exciting you know hopefully uh he gets some more opportunities in camp uh, the rest of the way I believe he probably will I was really impressed on the other side of the ball 
with Boye Mafe. Yes, um, I thought we were just doing offense s- at this point, but yeah, okay. Mafe Mafe looked like a man among boys. He was the he was the best player on the field uh, in the first half on either team. I agree. I mean that that holding that edge. Uh, <clears throat> you probably remember the play that the holding the edge against the run, um, and then shedding the block against the tackle keeping him at arm's length the, the whole way and then making that tackle for a two-yard loss um, behind the line of scrimmage was, I thought, the play of the game. Even though it might seem insignificant uh, to, to most people and, and you watch the game flow and whatnot, but for me, that stood out because that's that's something that is a, a play that you want to see. Um, we didn't have enough of those last year. We mm-hmm. really suffered against the run um, and a guy like Boye Mafe was was um, one of our best run defenders last year, but in limited opportunities. If a guy like Boye Mafe is showing up like that now um, and, and making those kind of plays, and, and from everything that we've heard about out of training camp is he's made the biggest jump from year to year as far as um, his level of play. Uh, yeah. He may end up taking that starting spot because you can't keep him off the field. I think he's already got it. Um, you know, and that's, I'm okay with that. Like he was the better player last year. Um, you know, Daryl Taylor showed his value in the second half of the year with those sacks and, but playing mostly as a situational pass rusher. Um, Mafi is more of an every down guy and I like that. And I thought that, um, he showed why he belongs in the starting lineup. Um, and yeah, just like I said, he was the best player on the field. He really was. Uh, it was hard to see anyone else, um, doing the things that he did at the speed that he did them. He really just kind of dominated in his own little way. Um, it's a hard position on the field to dominate because, you know, you're on in on every play, but, um, those that went in his direction, they wish they hadn't, you know what I mean? Like, um, he right. just, he was just the better player. Um, and, and, and hearing, um, oh my gosh, now I've lost it. Uh, former player in the booth last night, he was on there briefly before the, the, the feed, uh, issues, uh, uh Michael happened. Bennett, Michael Bennett was talking about his hand usage and his mm-hmm. hand strength a year over year. And Michael Bennett was yelling at him the other day, use your hands, use your hand. I mean, so uh, a guy like Boy Mafe took that, and th- then that play illustrated perfectly what we're talking about here: is keeping those um, those offensive linemen from getting into his body, into his chest, into his lower half at all, and being able to shed that block in an instant and make that play is uh, awesome to me. Yeah, awesome. Um, okay, so Michael let's Bennett, everybody else. Michael Bennett would know about good hand usage um as a defender because he was a master uh of that he was that's part of the reason why he was dominant um so yeah for him to be praising mafe is a um you know that's a good sign because he definitely knows what he's looking at so i'm just going to kind of run through a list and and maybe we can just go back and forth we've already talked about jake bobo a lot i i think that jake helped himself um with this game, especially when you take a look at, um, 
D. Eskridge being out, Cody Thompson not being able to play, a guy like Jay Bobo steps up in his moment um, when he had the opportunity. And, you know, he only had three receptions for 53 yards, but but the nice touchdown, a couple of other nice plays, chain-moving plays. He, um, he just down looks the, field. the part, right? He just looks like he he's able to get open, make plays, move the chains. Yeah, and he did it as a starter, meaning he was playing in the in. I mean, he played throughout the game, but at the beginning of the game, you know, he was out there um, against the top uh, defensive backs uh, for Minnesota and um, showed that he could get open and all of those things. So uh, I, man, I have a hard time seeing him not make the roster, especially with Eskridge um, starting the season suspended. He just looked really, really good. I wanted to talk about Kobe Bryant for a second because I, in in looking at the defense and looking at the opportunities there, it looks like Kobe Bryant is kind of a natural looking safety to me. Um, he's a little bigger than I I remember him being, and when he had an opportunity to make some tackles, he just stuck his head in there and and really kind of hit um, hit the hole and made some some plays. Now, obviously, he had you know it was hit and miss for him. He also allowed a couple things to get um, past him, mm-hmm. but the team. From from all accounts, is looking at him at at free safety essentially, um, and he played that spot um, in in the defense. I saw him playing playing deep a, a, quite a few times. He was there for most of the game. He was he was back as a free safety. Um, I thought he played all right. Um, gave up a touchdown because he made the wrong read and didn't shift over um, and left Trey Brown covering two people in a corner. Um, he also um, missed a few tackles, um, and he, he kind of—it looks like he tackles like a cornerback. Um, oh, that's because he is a cornerback. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are are the uh, my concerns. You, but wait, he also, I'm gonna stop you right there. Hold on. You mentioned just a key thing right at the beginning of your comment on Kobe Bryant, and said they that he played most of the game. I think that's important because I got the impression from watching him and and him being in there later in the game, that the coaches really wanted to allow him to just kind of get a real feel for the position in, mm-hmm. in, in a game and just go through, you know, all the scenarios and, and make all the adjustments and so forth and, and fail and have successes. Um, thought that was my takeaway from him playing, really, was just the amount of time that he yeah, it looked a lot like when he and um, Woolen both played almost the entire game um, at corner last year in the first preseason game, and they just the coaches left him out there to take their lumps, and they took a lot of lumps then. Um, and Bryant took a lot of lumps yesterday. I mean, he looked he looked really good at times. You could tell there's some there's some natural um, ability to read and flow and and um, make plays on the ball like he's a he looks like he's going to be a ball hawk but he also you know screwed up some coverage a couple times missed some tackles there's some things for him to clean up it's also his first game at the position ever so let's you know not not say that that, oh he's you know not a good player i mean he's a guy that he showed enough to me to warrant hey let's keep trying this because he could very easily end up as a um you know, backup free safety uh, slash slot corner, a guy that can do the Julian Love things um, and provide some some key depth and versatility for them. 
So, uh, one of the positions that's going to be really important to figure out is, um, is off the ball linebacker, middle linebacker in a three, four. Mm-hmm. And, um, a couple of players yesterday that, uh, that, that played quite a bit, actually, Devin Bush and John Radigan. Um, and I wanted to talk about both Devin Bush had some nice hitch hits finished with six tackles and a tackle for a loss. Also had a crushing hit on a punt coverage, uh, rep where he was the first player down. Uh, in in coverage, which was a good sign considering the concerns with his knee. I thought that that was that was mm-hmm. cool. John Radigan had a mixed bag of a game. Uh, he finished with nine tackles overall, but he had at least three tackles that he missed as well, mm-hmm. or, or out of out of his assignment, essentially. Um, what did you think of those two players? I thought Bush played fast, which is what going into the game I said I wanted to see from him. Um, because, you know, since his knee injury is rookie year, um, he hasn't played fast and that's been the problem. Um, but he says he's healthy now and it's taken a couple of years for him to get fully back. And, uh, the fact that he was playing fast and you're right, the fact that he was the first one down on that punt coverage is a great sign. Um, and he hit well, he wrapped up, he made tackles. I think he only missed one, um, tackle in the entire game, which is one more than you'd like, but at the same time, like compared to Radigan, who missed a few, um, you know, it's it's better. Radigan also was in position to make more tackles, um, which meant that he was reading what was going on and flowing to the ball and getting there, um, making nine uh, and, um, you know, missing three. So that means that in the time that he was in there, he had enough for 12 tackles. That's a, um, that's a good showing for a guy like him who missed all of last year. Um, what do you think about the opportunity missed for by Jones in this game? Um, do you think he's going to get a chance to, to come back and, and reclaim that, that spot? Or do you think both players make the roster? I don't know if, um, like, Vi Jones didn't make a tackle. Did he play? No, he was out injured. Okay. Um, Cause I'm just, I'm literally looking at the, at the defensive sets and I'm like, his name's not even on here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's, he needs to get healthy and he needs to come back. He was ahead of Radigan at the start of camp. And now I can't say that's true. Um, so, um, sticking with the position just really quick, Levi Bell, I thought looked, looked interesting, had three quarterback hits and a sack, formerly mm-hmm. former, uh, USFL player. Uh, just uh, just somebody to kind of keep an eye on in camp, see if you hear any buzz, anything like that. Maybe the second preseason game, he's got some more opportunities. And then Pete uh, Carroll volunteered, Matt. His, his, one of his players that he noticed that popped for him was linebacker Patrick O'Connell. It didn't for me, but, you know, Pete's on the sideline. He's seeing all that stuff. Um, it impressed him uh, defending the run tonight, uh, undrafted rookie free agent, Adam. Yeah, um, I mean, he ended up with um, with five tackles, um, none behind the line of scrimmage, no quarterback hits, uh, or you know pressures or any of that kind of stuff. So I it didn't pop. It depends on his assignment, really. You know? Yeah, it is, and he's an off the ball linebacker. So right. there's that. Um, I'm just saying, like he, he didn't really pop to me, but at the same time, uh, by that point in the game, I was watching other guys more closely, mm-hmm. um, and. Probably will. I'm sure I'll notice him more when I get back to um, the tape and get a chance to really digest it. 
Uh, but yeah, I'm going to trust Pete Carroll on there. If he's going to come in and volunteer a name of an undrafted rookie, that's exactly that's right. big. It's something does, to note. Yes, it, it's it's very yeah. Um, and the team needs backup off the ball linebackers, right? You've got and Wagner and special team guys. Too. Mm-hmm, you you got Wagner and Bush, and if those are going to be your starters, who's behind them? Now we thought it was going to be Vi Jones, maybe not. John Radigan looked good, but missed tackles. You can't miss tackles. If O'Connell is um, doing the right things, getting into the right spot, not missing assignments, not missing tackles, that is really valuable to the team as a backup middle linebacker. I will say this. I'm hearing rumblings that Jordan Brooks is closer to returning than not and that he is likely now to be available for... Game number one, uh, which wow. is interesting. Yeah, he's full go in practice. He's uh, making all the cuts. He's running full speed. He's doing all the things except for being in game shape, which um, which can take a while. And, mm-hmm. and depending on how far away he is from that, um, you know, he could be active game game one, which would be great news for, for the Seahawks and a tremendous recovery for um, Jordan Brooks, the player. For sure. Yeah, he's also not um, doing anything with contact yet. So um, that's part of the game, game shape yeah. stuff. For sure. So he's got he's 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 still got a couple weeks minimum, um, but he's got like a month till yeah. game one. Right. Um, he's got yes. four weeks. So um, that is a great sign. I I'm still skeptical just because of the injury and when it happened. And it's nothing against him. It's just I'm always with those kind of injuries going to be one of those guys that's like, slow play it. Let him get fully healthy. Let him let him be itching to get back on the field, not rushing to get back on the field. You know what I mean? Um, because I want him to be healthy and available long-term, not just week one. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think... I would rather have them go into week one without him uh, and have him weeks, you know, four through 17 than go in week one and have him be on and off, um, you know, the injured list all season. So there's uh, there's a handful of players that I want to talk about. Uh, Mike Morris, uh, Derek Hall, Jonathan Sutherland. But there's one player that I think deserves mention. I don't really hear too much other um, chatter about him out there in the um, in the Twitterverse and, and other places on the uh, internet. Jacob uh, Sykes at defensive tackle, I thought had one of the most impressive games, to be completely honest. Plays mm-hmm. a, a position that you're not going to notice a lot, but I thought that he stood out as a, as a player. Um, he had a quarterback hit. He had a pass batted down. He had multiple pressures uh, from the interior, uh, especially in the second half. Including that one drive where they, you know, they sacked him and pressured the quarterback in three consecutive plays and, and forced a, uh, a three and out uh, at it, you know, which would have been a key point in a game um, in, in the regular season. I just thought that he kind of stood out, and I'm really anxious to kind of see more of him. He's uh, yeah. an undrafted guy um, from Har. Is it Harvard? Maybe. So one of the Ivy the Ivy League schools. Um, so he's real smart guy obviously coming from the Ivy League and um, just real impressive as far as being able to get in there and affect the uh, affect the pocket okay so let's talk about Mike Morris and Derek Hall I love 
the the little windows of, of opportunities that both players had. Mike Morris looks the part. He's one of the most impressive specimens that you can see on a football field at what six seven is he six six something like that three hundred pounds um, playing on the interior. Uh, I just want to see more of him than Derek Hall. I thought looked good, uh, made some plays, got some pressures. Um, looks looks the part. And just, I want to see more of him. And then yeah, Jonathan he played, Sutherland got to start over a, a player like Jarek Reed, um, who, who did not. Jarek Reed came on and played in the second half a little bit more, noticed him. But Jonathan Sutherland was out there. He was on that uh, punt return um, coverage that almost had that that um, that downing of the ball at the, you know, at the half yard line. And they just oh, missed it a little bit. Yeah, because that was. On the, he stepped on the line. Just yeah, early with his toe. Bobo was able to get in exactly. snap, and, and swat it back. And then Sutherland caught it, realized he wasn't, he wasn't going to stay out, tried to toss it back again. So it would have been like a double, you know, toss out, but he had stepped on the line and that's why I got, uh, that was, it's so much hustle. And there were yes. like five guys there. That's I another like, thing for Jake Bobo at his cap. I mean, yeah, he's the first guy down there making a play in the end zone to get the ball. I mean. There's where he's going to make his uh, make the roster if he's going to make the roster. Yep. And Sykes was from UCLA. Okay, before he went to UCLA. Uh, that I don't know. That I don't know either. <laughs> I, I've just heard, I'm trying to, you know, draw my memory here, and I believe that that's the case. He he transferred into UCLA from a Ivy League school. I will say that Sykes impressed and did so in, in when he's got a kind of a unique opportunity. Um, you know that uh, Reed's going to be the starter at nose tackle. You know that um, you know Cameron Young's going to be the backup, and and <coughs> there um, Brian Monet's hurt. Brian Monet's hurt. Um, it, isn't that you're right? It's not a sexy position. Their job is to um, keep the linebackers clean and um, all of that kind of stuff, and and not be moved and. And in the running game and and it, it, it's a it's a it's a tough job that doesn't show up on the stat sheets and that kind of stuff but he did well and has an opportunity to make the squad because of just the state of the position on the roster so um i liked what i saw from him i agree with that and then you write about um uh hall and um morris those guys impressed um hall especially looked really fast um and you know, made plays in the backfield, made some mistakes. You know, he's also a rookie in his first first preseason game, so uh, it's going to happen. Um, but the athleticism, the talent showed up, um, and it's hard to believe that Morris is a guy that didn't test well. He dropped to Seattle in um, in the draft where he did because of supposedly he's not athletic. Did you see anything in the game when he was in there that says he's not athletic? Well, the yes, <laughs> one. Well, no, no, specifically, no. He did get he swallowed looked, up one time. Uh, yeah, but he would he in a play, quick. and and it, and the play he got kicked inside a little bit too much, and the play went around him. Um, but you know, geez, that's going to happen to anybody. But um, yeah, overall, yeah, I'm super excited about those guys, and you hear everyone else talking around the team. Uh, all the reporters, the beat writers, and so forth. These these two guys, their names come up all the time as, uh, about being part of a young core 
that the team's really excited about. You know, you add Boye Mafe to that um, and, and some of the other guys, and we're not even talking about starters yet. And the um, entire secondary. Exactly. I mean, it's just a, it, it's a, it's going to be an, a, an interesting transition year for this defense. You know, um, they could end up being similar uh, to last year's squad as far as stats, but I don't think so. I think no, this team is actually going to be improved. Um, yep. It's just a matter of how much. And it's, I think I agree. I think they're going to be improved. The other thing that I, that I saw there is they're going to be younger. Um, you know, they are going through and finding, um, you know, first and second year players that can really play Mafe and Hall come to mind. Um, and you know, Morris and, and they're, they're just getting younger, um, on the back end too, right. With, um, Woolen and, and Witherspoon and, and, you know, it's just, it's a young core. This isn't like, oh yeah, we got some talent in here, but they're older and they're declining. This is a, an ascending group of athletes. Yeah, um, and I'm really you, excited you add, about that. You add Tyreek Smith to that list as well. And, and there's some opportunities there. Um, cool. I think that's it. I mean, well, there's one other name I wanted us to, to talk. Oh no, there's two. Um, uh, Trey Brown um, started at corner, did some nice things in coverage. Um, got stuck, gave technically gave up a touchdown, but he was covering two people. Um, and that's not, never the game plan. Um, and so, yeah, that's, um, I don't, I don't put that on him at all. Um, my only concern is that he missed like two or three tackles, um, coming up from his corner spot. Yes. Yeah. And, and, um, the two that I'm thinking of both were ones he could have made. One was against a tight end that just put a juke move on him a little bit and kind of was too strong for him. Yeah. You know, at the angle that he was coming in, kind of he went a little high, I thought, you know, just above the waistline, and he probably could have gone down low, but maybe he didn't want to risk taking out a guy's knees or something in preseason, so he just kind of played it safe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if playing it safe is the is the right word, but it seemed like it a little bit. Yeah, there were like I said, there were a couple of of missed tackles that if he makes on third, it's third down, or it, and so it'll be it becomes fourth down, and the other team punts. But he missed it, and they got a first down out of it. And so, so, what do you think the team does? How does the team react to that? Because they know that he's a decent tackler. I mean, that's one of the the the, the things that he was known for. Well, he's known for being a physical hitter, not a tackler a in there. open space. Um, and so I think they look at that and they go, okay, um, he's not an outside corner and, but they don't need one. They've got three, um, on the roster, maybe four. He's already that broke that's, the that's the reaction inside the film room when they, when they look at film today. I think so because he's not a big guy. He's undersized. He looks like a slot corner. And if you can't tackle on the outside and make those plays, then they're not going to trust you on the outside. Well, okay, so that's not one on, reaction. Not on, not with this coaching staff. That there's a reason why they love uh, Mike Jackson. Um, not only is he you know physical and and just works harder than anyone, but he's a damn good tackler. He makes those plays that that Trey Brown missed. That's very true, and you would think 
for me, the reaction would be, you know, dude, wrap it up, you know, make those plays. You got to make those plays. And I don't know that they necessarily take those opportunities away from him. So as opposed to obviously he's not an outside corner, he's going to, he's a slot guy. I don't necessarily think they've made that determination completely. Uh, they like the diversity I think that he has as far as a skill set. I think they just work on it. You know, they, yeah. they, they that's a point of, of emphasis for him going forward, I think, throughout camp. Yeah, they won't take the opportunities away from him, but <clears throat> he's now like, he's now being watched. He misses he misses a couple more of those in the next preseason game, which I'm going to be at, by the way. Um, oh, nice. I'm taking the family up to... Um, so it'll be my kids' first game. So that'll be fun. Um, cool. But well, yeah. I expect he, a lot from you then uh, on the follow-up show, for sure. Yeah. If he if he misses a couple tackles like that, I could see him lining up in the slot almost exclusively after that. Um, just because the team and the coaches, just they're going to stop trusting him to make those plays because he's not making them. Um, and... For on a, with different coaches, different teams, they're like, eh, he's a corner. His job is to cover. Make plays in the I have ball. A, I have a question for you. I'll just be completely honest. I don't remember Tariq Wollin being that great of a tackler either. Um, He missed but some. He brings, he, he brings so much more to the game. It's, and when he yeah. brings size and physicality, and he actually and makes some plays because he's bigger than he most linebackers. I'll, I'll say he came out at the you know, back half of the season for sure. He became a more complete player, I will say. Yeah. Um, okay, who so, was the other player you wanted to talk about really quick, and then we'll get out of um, it? Zach Charbonnet, who got a, got a chance, didn't start. Um, uh, DJ Dallas did, and Charbonnet came in, you know, trucked a couple guys, also, you know, made a couple mistakes, but um, looked physical. Uh, there were a couple of runs where he, that he had where... I think he misread his blocking because he, he cut it back into guys when he should have. Yes. It, it's, yes. Um, he got stuffed up a little bit. Yep. And now, whereas no, he should have continued on. to go out. So, well, okay. Yes. In a, in a perfect world. Yes. But I think the coaches, he did that in college. Okay. Just like kind of Ken Walker does. He, he's the bounce back. You know, he bounces outside frequently. It's it's mm-hmm. hit and miss with Ken Walker. I don't know that they necessarily are coaching that with Charbonnet. They're, they might be coaching him to take what you can get in inside, stay inside, stay inside. He might have well, been hearing that over and over in his brain. <laughs> True, but I'm I'm looking more at um, within the zone blocking scheme, especially on the zone stretch plays, right? So um, you're there, you're sliding um, out and you're reading your blocks and you're waiting for a seal. And as soon as you get a seal block, which holds um, a lineman in, well, well, the ones, the other ones are going out, that creates a hole, right? It's, it's all about spreading them out um, horizontally rather than pushing them back vertically. Um, and you need to read where that seal block is and cut right behind it. Um, up I will through, say, the hole it's created. And a couple of times he, he, there was a seal block and he cut to the wrong side of the blocker and I got it tackled. I can I can envision the play that you're I think that you're talking about, and I'll just be completely honest. Stone Forsythe missed that block. I don't think that he created that seal. I think that seal was just kind of. I think the defensive player was behind For, Forsythe, but came around quickly and made that play. Yeah. Um, well, I, 
that's not how I saw it. And I, again, I haven't watched, I haven't rewatched the film. I haven't looked at the coach's tape, but that's how I saw it in the moment. Um, that's not a, that's not like a huge, like knock on, on Charbonnet. He's learning, running behind his own blocking scheme, which is different than running behind a, um, a power blocking scheme. Um, think about Marshawn Lynch, who's possibly the best running back in Seahawk history. His first six games, the after he got, um, after they traded for him in 2010, looked pedestrian. And then something clicked, and we ended up with the beast, um, beast quake, right? It, it's it, it's not a thing that necessarily comes naturally for running backs if they're not used to it. Um, it, it just it's it's a different way of reading your blocks, and um, like I said, I, he trucked some guys. He looked good at times. Yeah, he did. I thought he made a couple of mistakes, but I'm you not. Want to say more. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna like be like, oh, well, you need know, whatever. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's a learning process for him and I'm, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> That's what the preseason's for. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's going to be a fun back to watch, you know, and I'm really looking forward to the opportunities where he does not get stuffed up into the line of scrimmage and has an opportunity in space. I, I, you still haven't really seen him and he, he created one run where I think it was for about nine yards. Um, and, uh, he juked a couple guys at, at the line of scrimmage, got around, uh, and a linebacker made the tackle. Um, I want to see more of that just because I'd like to see him break away a little bit and see what he's like at running down the field. And I want to see just that a little bit of that speed. I he doesn't have over the top speed, but he, has, yeah, he doesn't uh, have, he has, he's speed. faster than Chris Carson, you know, and yeah, I just want to yeah. see that a little bit. I want to see if he's like a four, four, five guy. Or if he's a four or five, you know, it, there's just a little bit of a difference there. I just want to see. I want to see him get to the linebackers through a hole and what he can do to linebackers when he's not, when he has the ability to dictate what's going to happen rather than, okay, he's worried about the defensive lineman getting him, he gets by them and gets tackled. Um, when he actually has a, a legit hole to run through, what does he do? to the linebackers can he make them miss or does he run them over like i want to see him actually get those opportunities one because those are big does he have a stiff arm does he have a spin move all that stuff. yeah i, I want to see what that looks like um for him of course the linemen uh, that's the linemen that have to do that that's not a that's not a zach charbonnet thing that's a can the offensive line create that opportunity for him? and we may not see that until the you know the regular season because that's you real. know yeah <laughs> yeah, because if Cross and Lucas and those guys aren't um, playing, right, you're much less likely to get those kind of holes. Interesting. All right, let's wrap this thing up. We've got another game next week. We've got a little bit to wait for that. I think it's next next was Saturday Saturday night. So we've yep. got some time now. Um, we'll be back next week to to talk. Uh, we'll come up with a you know, a, a good show for you. And then we'll do a preview show as well. Um, fun times. We're in it now. This is good. I love this stuff. Um, you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Seahawks playbook podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. And when you get there, hit the subscribe button. That would be awesome. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. 
and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.